verse 7. I um, had planned a, a message and worked on it for quite some time, and then uh, as, I was, as I do pretty much every night of my life, I took a walk and was walking and praying last night, and, and God redirected my heart, and so uh, this, uh, this message this morning is just going to be more of a heart kind of message, and I'm going to try to deliver it properly, but Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things, but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless this morning. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you'd guide my mind. I yield myself to thee at this moment and once more ask you to please fill me and guide me and direct me, give me clarity of mind. Father, I pray that you'd please move through this place, and Lord, that you'd wrap your arms, our mighty hedge of protection around this place. Lord, that uh, the evil one would not snatch away any truth that might change somebody's life. Father, please guide and direct this morning. Lord, I need you to express what I cannot express. Spirit of God, I need you to say what I cannot say and, and, and deliver it in a way that I can't deliver it. So, Father, I pray that you please guide us, direct us, be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. The sermon this morning, just very simply, is just the question, do you know God? Do you know God? Now, I'm going to just be honest with you, it's going to be a little bit difficult for me to, to get through this because this is a, uh, there, there are a few sermons that I preach that are hard for me to preach. Uh, emotionally, they're hard for me to preach. Uh, you know, I've got a, a sermon about winning my, my parents to Christ. That's a really emotional uh, sermon for me to preach. But this sermon is, is also an emotional sermon for me. You know, to know Christ as Savior is vital. It's essential to know Him. Uh, for to know Him is to have eternal life. And so it's, it's absolutely... Uh, necessary, vital, essential that we know Christ in that way, that we know Him. John 17, 3 says, and this is the life, this is life eternal, that they might know the, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. If we're to know God, we must first know Him as Savior. Now, I've met many people in my life and, and you, I'm, you know, all of us have met many people, but I'll be honest with you, you know, we've traveled so many different venues and been in so many different situations. I've met a lot of people in my life. Uh, you know, but most of the people that I've met in my life, if I see them again, it's kind of one of those, hey, brother. I kind of get in that situation where I did with Grant just a moment ago. It's like, okay, okay, I know but I hadn't seen you in, you know, 30-something years, so it's not registering in my brain. But, you know, that's kind of the way we are. We, we know them, but we can't really remember them. You can't remember details about them. We can't, you know, we start wondering, you know, were they in a grade before us or were they a grade after us and where they are and, you know, and all those kind of things. And, 
You know, you think, you, you, I tell people all the time, people say, hey, do you remember so-and-so? And I'll say, listen, I, re- I recognize the name, and if you show me the face, I'll probably recognize the face. Now, putting the two of them together is kind of difficult sometimes. You know, you think you recognize them, you think you know them. I meet people, and they say to me, hey, remember me? Anybody have that? Remember me? And they probably, I never met them. They just saw me, you know, speaking someplace, and I never even met them. But, but the fact is, is they'll say, you remember me? And, and, and immediately, my thought goes, okay, you got to categorize to help me a little bit. Okay, is this a camp? Did I meet you at a camp someplace with a bunch of teenagers? Did I meet you at college, you know, over, you know, 30 years of, you know, of college students? I mean, how many thousands and thousands of people? I mean, did I meet you at some church as we traveled across the nation? Uh, you know, what? You know, help me a little bit. You know, do you remember me? Oh, yeah. Sure I do. I've met many people, but listen to this, I've truly known a few. Now, what I mean today, what I want to preach about today is do you know God well? To know Him deeply, to know Him truly as He is revealed in His Word. Do we know Him? Every true believer has come to know God. If you have eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ, you've come to know God. You, you, you met Him. You know Him. And yet there's another sense in which we need to know God far more deeply than we, than we do. And I doubt there's anybody in here, really, if you'd be honest with yourself, that you feel like you know God like you ought to know God. After 25 years as a believer, the Apostle Paul said, said this, He basically said, I don't know Christ like I should. Philippians 3, 7, it says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted for loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. He comes on down and the the key verse is such a life-changing verse for me. It says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, that I may know him. Paul's saying, look, I've been serving him for 25 years, and we're, t- we're talking about the man that many people believe is maybe the most, uh, uh, the, the greatest Christian that ever lived. And we're talking about Paul, the, the apostle, and we're saying, Paul is saying, I don't know him like I should know him. I don't know him like I want to know him. And folks, if somehow, if I could get, hey, look at me like you're at least a little bit happy. I really, one day, I just, I'm going to make everybody come. You know, one time I'm going to sign you. You're going to come up here and you're going to preach at me and I'm going to look at you the way you look at me. And I'm going to sit right out there and go. That's it, folks. Look, smile at me every once in a while. Hey, watch this. Amen. Thank you. Woke you up too, didn't I? Now, look, if if this is true of Paul, where are we? I mean, this is the greatest Christian of the Bible that many believe in. Where does that put us? 
Hosea speaks of the importance of knowing the Lord. Hosea says in chapter 6, Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days he will revive us. In the third day he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. He, look, he said, Hosea said, we've got to, to, to know him and follow on to know him. Continue to grow in knowing him. Knowing God was so important to Paul that he prayed for others to know him. This, this is so important, and, and really, and, uh, this is something God kind of brought more home to me as I, as I looked at it uh, here late last night. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16, it says this, Seeks not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. God says, uh, Paul's praying that we... We would have knowledge of him, that we will have wisdom and revelation of him, that we will have understanding of him. And that's what it really means to know God. He's praying for us that Paul prays for the people to know God, and then he teaches us how to pray for others. He teaches us what to pray. And he goes through this, and I'm I'm really, just time's sake, I'm kind of cutting out some things, but... But when you go through that passage, he he describes God. He says, verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Just in that one little verse, he's telling us about God. He's telling us about how powerful he is, how great he is, how omnipotent he is. This is mighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords. I say every night when I go out and, and I look up at the stars, I think it's so amazing how consistent everything God created that man has not touched. So consistent, always in its place, so much there. And, and it's so wonderful, so beautiful what God has done and what he has created. You know, but he begins, verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That's such a powerful little passage there. But he, God, what Paul's praying, that we will have wisdom and knowledge and understanding and revelation. And watch this. Don't get spooked by revelation. It's that, that the light would shine upon the word of God. We would understand it. Its meaning and purpose would be revealed to us. Listen, folks, do you ever pick up the Bible and you read it and you get nothing? You ever pick it up and read it and all of a sudden something it's like something unveils? I had a preacher come to me one day, and this is years ago when, when honestly, when this, I'll give a testimony about this in a moment, but as my life began to change, it's been many years ago, but a preacher came to me after he'd heard me preach about thir- uh, three times, and, and, and in recent t- days, I'd, I'd had the opportunity to, to preach to, to a lot of college students uh, uh, once a week for about three weeks, and he came up to me and he said, hey man, something's different about your preaching. And I didn't exactly know what that meant, but I, I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? He said, he said, he was very kind. He said, you know, it's always been good, but he said, but he said there's, there's a different kind of power in it. There's a different kind, there's something different about it now than it had ever been before. And he, and he said, what is it? And I said, I said, only thing I can tell you is that, that what I've learned and, and what God has done in my life, when I open the Bible, he shows me truth and makes me believe nobody's ever seen it before. 
I get so excited about it because I've got to give it to somebody because God has made me feel like if I don't give it to you, you're never going to see it. Now, the truth is there's no new truth because everybody already knows it. That's why you look at me like this. But there's wisdom and knowledge and understanding. God says, God says I can just un- unload the, the truck on you. I can, I can just unveil all of this to you if you really know me. Under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, David writes in Psalm 63, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, my flesh longeth for Thee. And this is what's so important, in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Listen to me, I, I know there's all kinds of uh, truths in, inside this, but I believe He really is in a physically dry and thirsty land. At this moment, he's in a place where water's not available. He's in a place where he needs, probably needs water. He's desiring water. But here's what David's saying. He's saying, more than the water that my body needs, I need you. I need you. In a land where no water is, David says to know God is more important than the water that I desperately, desperately need to live. And watch this, what he says, if you skip down to verse 8, he says, My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. You know why he wanted God's presence and God's water and God's sustenance more than he wanted the physical water? He said, watch this, because it's God that upholds you. The water will sustain you for a moment. God will keep you going forever. Too often we're no different from the godless, though. Scripture says their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes but have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. Now listen, they that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusteth in them. You say, well, that's a terrible description. You know, it's, it's, it's so foolish for somebody to, to create an idol and then worship the idol they just created. But folks, I'm afraid that that's pretty close to the God that most of us serve. We don't know him well enough for him to direct our lives, so who's directing who? Who's creating who? I mentioned this recently, you know, but back... In the day, you know, the WWJD, you know, I was everywhere. WWJD, you know, necklaces and bracelets and T-shirts and everything. But all the way back then, I would get so frustrated. I, you know, I told this story not long ago, but I, I walked into a, a little shop in Chattanooga. We were traveling as a family, and we went through a little, uh, little break with our kids after a camp, and we were doing some things, you know, the, those bungee jump and all that kind of crazy stuff that they do and, and uh, that, that I do. And they... And so we go out there, and I walk into a little gift shop, and there in the gift shop, it's, it's this WWJD uh, emblem that's hanging from little feathers, and for those of you that are old enough to understand, it was hanging on a roach clip. Anybody know what that means? Okay, that, is, uh, that just doesn't make, any, it doesn't make any sense at all, okay? But here's the problem. I told my wife as we looked at that, I said, you know, I'm going to make a WWJD bracelet. I'm going to make a WWJD necklace. But the difference is, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a necklace and I'm going to hang a Bible on the end of it. 
Because if you really want to know what Jesus would do, you better go read and find out. You know, the truth is, he's already told us what he'd do. He's already told us what to do. But most are, when they would put those t-shirts on and put other on, and I wouldn't oppose to it because it comes from a, you know, a good book that has a good concept. But, but the fact is, is that most people that are doing it, they were not doing what Jesus would do, they're doing what they would do. And this is where our problem is. It even is today. And look, I believe everybody here, we're all wonderful people, right? You ought to say right on that. I'm talking about you. But, you know, look, I, I think we all love the Lord. I all want to serve God. I, all want to, I, I believe, believe that. But the problem is, unless we're seeking to know God, and let me help you, seeking to know God, unless we're seeking to know who He is and what He is, listen, we are just making the decision. We're carving out our own God. Too often we become satisfied to have a God that we have carved out rather than seeking to know the true and living God. When we have a, listen to this, when we have a God that we design and control, we have no need to seek to know him for he is us. Did you just hear what I said? When we have a God that we design and control, we have no need to know him for he is us. God desires us to seek him, to know him. The word of God draws you to him. Second Chronicles 15.8 says, And when Asa heard these words and the prophecy had owed the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols. If you skip to verse 12, it says, They entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and with all their soul. See that? To seek the Lord God with all their heart and with all their soul. And then verse 15 says, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath. For they had sworn with all their heart and sought him with their whole desire, and he was found of them. And the Lord gave them rest round about. Do you understand just in this? We see God, God will bless us if we seek him. God will give us rest if we seek him. Now, Christianity is not a work to do. Here's the, you know, and I'm, again, I'm going to testify to this, but Christianity is not a work to do. It's not a duty to be performed. It's not an opportunity to be grasped. You know, somebody came to me and they said, man, you, you know, this, this fellow named off and they said, you know, uh, even though it's, it appears that his doctrine is wrong, he, he must be doing something right because his child wants, you know, his son is following in his footstep. I said, well, well look at the footsteps he's following in. He's got an empire. He's following in the family business. Now, I'm not questioning the reason I don't name it. I'm not questioning what they really believe, but I'm just saying, you know, we got, to, we got to open up our minds and our hearts sometimes and see what's really going on. But Christianity is not an opportunity to be grasped. Christianity is a desire, a burning desire to know God. Amen. Now, here's just a little testimony. For many years, and I hate to even get to that. I got friends and, uh, from long ago that are, are here today, but this is just where God led me for many years. I worked for God. I knew him as a savior. I loved him. I appreciated him for my salvation. I was privileged to receive the blessing that his grace provided. We lived a blessed life. God took care of us. But I have to confess, I don't think I knew him. I knew him as savior because I met him. 
but I didn't know him. I wanted to know him, but I wrongly let the performance of my duties take the place of the relationship that God wanted. And not only did God want it, but I needed so desperately. But I just didn't realize it. I thought the performance of my duties somehow was bringing me closer to God. But let me help you, folks. The performance of duties doesn't bring you closer to God. I believe if you get close to God, you want to serve Him. Now, this is why I preach this today. You can learn yourself and go through what I went through for many years trying to perform for God. Or you can listen to what I'm trying to tell you this morning, the reason I'm doing this today, the reason I'm preaching this today is, is that maybe somebody here, you might realize that, that this, this is not a performance for God. The, the ultimate thing is, do you know God? Do you seek to know Him more today than you did yesterday? Do you, do you burn inside desire to know Him so that He will open up His Word to you? Do you want to know God? It should be so important that, that knowing God should be a priority in your life, in my life. Here's just an illustration. Maybe some of you understand. When I was dating Jo Beth and getting ready to marry and I don't know how close we were to, to getting married. I just know that my dad, one day I was sitting at the house at the old country home we, uh, back out in the county there. And we, uh, I was sitting there at the house and my dad said, son, do you love her? And, uh, and I said, well, that's kind of a stupid question, dad. Of course I do. That's why I'm marrying her. And my dad looked at me and said, no, you don't. And I said, and if you knew my dad, you knew that he had a tendency to just want to aggravate you. And I said to him, I said, Dad, I said, yes, I do. And he said, no, you don't. And I said, okay, are you trying to tell me you don't think I should marry her? He said, hey, son, I didn't say that. He said, you're the one got to live with her, not me. <laughs> I said, Dad, come on, tell me just what's the deal? What are you saying? And he looked at me, and he got a tear in his eye, and he said, son, that, that year we were getting married, they were celebrating their 25th anniversary, and he said, he said, 25 years ago, I married your mom. He said, I thought I loved her. He said, but 25 years later, I realized I didn't know what love was. He said, the love has grown. I didn't know what love was then. He said, son, right now, you think you love her, but you don't even know what love is. And I realized after 39 years of marriage, how wise my dad was. After spending time together with Joe Beth, after going through adversity together, laughing together, working together, dreaming together, here's the, what I know. I know her. I know her personality. I know her desires. I know what makes her happy sometimes. I know what makes her sad. I know her spirit. I know her loyalty. I know what her words mean. And that has a lot of meaning. I know what her body language means. It could mean I love you. It could mean death. 
I know what she wants to accomplish. I know how she wants to accomplish it. I know what's important to her. I know what and who she loves. But sadly, for many, we've never moved past the acquaintance stage with God. We know Him, but we really don't know Him or how to love Him or how much He truly loves us. You just think about this. Do you know His personality? Do you know His desires? Do you know his mind? Do you know what makes him happy? Do you know what makes him sad? Say, Brother Hooker, how can I know these things? He tells us right here. He tells us in his word. Do you know his spirit? Do you know what his words really mean? Do you know what he wants to accomplish and how he wants to accomplish it? Do you know what's important to him? Many years ago, I came to this verse, and it became not a life verse to me, but a, a consuming prayer verse. Because I realized I'd performed for too long, and I'd gone pushed too long, and I, I realized I was about to drain my whole body out because the truth is, is that the, the, we can only do so much in our own flesh. And I realized, dear God, i got to know you. i got to understand your presence. And I grabbed hold to this verse that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. For many years, I'd been taught to pray for God's power, and then I realized, listen, that's not what I should be praying for. I should be praying that I know Him. Because if I know Him, the power comes along with knowing Him. And power beyond any, any power we can comprehend, because He said, He didn't just say power, but He said the power of His resurrection. And he said the fellowship of his suffering, the companionship that we don't have to go through. All of us are going to suffer, but we don't have to suffer alone. If you know him, he walks with you through that suffering. If you know him, he's with you all along the way. If you know him, that's why when I stood up to preach my daddy's funeral, I, I, you knew every moment it seemed before I stood up here, I, I was continuously lose control. But I had a companion during the suffering that he stood with me and he gave me the strength. He gave me the grace. He gave me the clarity. Be made conformable unto his death. And many years ago, I, when I first read this, I thought, well, Lord, that's kind of a tough one there. But I realized it's not conformed, not being ready to die. It's dying. Being ready to die as Jesus died. And by that I mean with the same spirit, the same attitude. You know, what Jesus hung on the cross he was still saying, not my will, but thine be done. He was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is my desire 
that I may know him. And it's my desire. I'm trying my best. I, I want a, a group of people, a church. You're loving people. You're a friendly people. You're a wonderful people. But the thing we need so desperately, all of us, is desire to know God. Just say, Lord, I want to be with you. This is why that I pray, when I walk and I pray, so often I say, God, speak to me as you spoke to Moses, as a man speaketh to, to a friend, a friend speaketh to his friend. This is why I pray often that God speak to me as you spoke to Abraham, for you called him your, your friend. Father, you know, would you let me have the same heart for you that David had as he was a man after God's own heart? Why? Because I want to know him. And the question this morning is, do we know him? And I'm not just preaching to you. I'm not saying I know him. And you don't. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that every night of my life, every day of my life, that's what is burning inside of me. I want to know God. I want to know his presence. I want to know him, yes, as Savior. And I want everybody in there to, to know him as Savior. But do you know him as Abba Father? Do you know him as friend? Do you know him in the power of his resurrection? Do you know him as simply as God and creator and savior? Or do you know him as friend? Do you know him as father, Abba, father, daddy? Do you know God? And listen, none of us know him like we need to know him. That's why I read to you about Paul. Paul was seeking to know him. All I'm crying out today is that will we seek to know God? been a wonderful journey for 39 years getting to know Joe Beth. It's been an amazing journey for many years, yet too few years of getting to truly know Jesus. My brother, my friend, my Savior, and my God. So, Brother Hooker, how can I know him? Just three little points and I'm done. Know him through his word. It's not just knowledge. But seeking to know his mind, his desires, his heart. Know him through his spirit. For the spirit guides us into all truth. And I believe we know him through his people as we pray for they and as they pray for us. Do you know him? Do you know him? you have a burning desire to know him? Just this little thought. If we spent the same amount of time talking to our spouse and spending time with our spouse as we do with God, we'd probably end up in divorce. But our relationship with our Lord Jesus is supposed to be closer than our relationship with the one we love on this earth. Psalm 16:11 says, Thou will show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. All that people really seek after, God says, you can have it. All you have to do is be in my presence. All you have to do is be with me. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Do you know him? Do you know him?
Father, I pray that you bless this morning, Lord Jesus.